Right, recording there now. Hi guys, uh, Damien here, Damien and John here. Uh, just going to have a quick chat with you today on uh, some of the uh, return to play uh, protocols and, and thoughts that we have at the moment uh, ahead of the uh, resumption of the GAA seasons uh, and uh, soccer seasons. So uh, we're just going to run through uh, some of the, 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 main, uh, the main points uh, that, that we think uh, need to be uh, focused in on and kept in mind uh, from physical qualities to training methods, uh, performance priorities and uh, just some of the, uh, the, the strength and conditioning work um, that may be required ahead of, uh, ahead of getting going. Yes, just so, looking at what's um, different this year compared to previous years. Usually you have quite a long pre-season starts in January or, or even before it sometimes. You'll build in practice matches into that. You'll be able to do an awful lot more volume work. Um, whether you have a decent coach or a terrible coach, the games you play in train and the league matches or whatever cup competitions you play will look after development of an awful lot of physical qualities that otherwise may not have been planned into training whereas that's going to be largely neglected this year we've come from the longest off season of, of all time i suppose in terms of some teams some teams had gone back and done a bit of work some teams hadn't done anything but it's been the longest period without any kind of planned activity or sports specific activity for who knows how long so we're just going to look at some of the main physical qualities then that would I suppose contribute most to success on the field particularly in game based sports but also that just haven't been developed for the last two three months or whatever yeah and I suppose the double whammy with that really is to keep in mind that we're possibly moving into the shortest pre-season um, uh, also and leading directly into the peak, uh, the, the peak games uh, uh, for the year. So to keep that in mind, the longest off season um, with the least amount of, uh, of, of, I suppose, uh, physical activity going on into a very short, abrupt um, restart. So, yeah, um, there it's you do have the, the double side of that. Um, so yeah, I suppose if we're to to look at some of the the physical qualities that we're we're really trying to focus in on at the moment um, uh, to 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 bring to bring you into uh, in, into the, the the rest of the season here. Uh, some of the, the the big things for me anyway are looking at um, you know your 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 tendon stiffness and uh, your plyometric work really because the 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 short uh, short stopping uh, change of direction um, speed uh, th things that just have not been worked uh, over the last number of months um, that it, it can be quite easy to overlook uh, these type of things and kind of just get back into into hard running or or get back into into game like situations and not necessarily be conditioned uh, for them um, would you have, have you uh, any thoughts around that Murph? Yeah no they're the with so many teams haven't done a lot of our players doing a lot of basic running, cycling, just general physical activity for health style stuff, that the turning, the sprinting, the change in direction, the reacting to what a player, a ball, an opponent is about to do, they're going to be what's hardest to train. Could you, Just you're saying there that tendon stiffness and players are going to be important. Could you, could you give us examples of what they are or maybe athletes we see with very good qualities of those? Yeah, so I suppose what you're looking to, to do when, when you're 
uh, looking to, to, to change direction or stop quickly, you're looking to bring a stiffness uh, down, through, uh, down through your joints um, to, to increase, um, uh, I suppose, to, to increase the, the power uh, that, that, you're, um, uh, that you're using to change direction. But if, uh, by, use, by implementing um, exercises like, like plyometric exercises, what you're doing is you're, you're creating these reactions, you're, you're in building a, a habit and um, a, a, a memory into into your muscles, into into your into your legs, especially um, to create this this stiffness quick and create and as a result of creating this stiffness, then output power uh, in a specific direction. So um, I suppose for with uh, some of the uh, uh, the athletes that I, I work with. This might incorporate stuff like stepping off a small box into into a jump, just to create that that those landing mechanics uh, and those push off mechanics. Um, possible uh, single leg uh, hops, uh, lateral hops, just to create side, uh, you know, uh, to work on those um, memory uh, muscle memory and uh, mechanics for for side stepping and landing and just getting getting used to 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 being in on, on unusual uh, positions. So that's kind of how, how I'm starting to approach, uh, approach this, uh, get, come back to play um, that, that, that we're going through at the moment. Yeah, so some of the plyos and the reactive stuff, the tendon stiffness, going back to the field, I'll probably break that into three levels. So at a very basic level, particularly a player is coming from no practicing of it at all. Probably spend the first two weeks just focus on the very basic mechanics of it, just basic jumping and landing in terms of two feet, one foot, forwards, backwards, left and right. If we've access to a box that we can get or even a very simple step that we can bring onto the field, that'd be brilliant just to drop off it. But for the first two weeks, and realistically, I'm just going to build it in at the very end of the warm up when players are nice and warm, but also at their freshest, it'd be a simple forward jump or a broad jump and land, maybe two sets of five of those. Then a couple of hops again, probably two sets of five going forwards, backwards, left or right, and I'll change that up maybe mm -hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday to try and build them in. After the first two weeks of that, we'll start bringing in some little bit of reactive stuff. What we mean by reactive stuff is when you land, you bounce forward again. So basic mm -hmm. ways of incorporating that. At, at a very low level is I'll probably start getting them doing some very simple jumps. So just reactive kind of pogo hops, as if you're just standing there bouncing up and down maybe 10 to 12 times, yeah. not looking for any major height, maybe something similar on one mm -hmm. leg. Probably going to go for a few less because there's quite a lot of extra weight there. And then maybe some quite simple running drills like A skips and stuff. So there is a little bit of reactive, mm -hmm. uh, a reactive element there, but we're not doing any mm -hmm. major, putting any major loads on it or going for any particularly high heights or long distances. Then the last two weeks, which realistically will be the end of preseason, going back into games, I mean, you'd be lucky if we get those six weeks. That's where we're going to start looking to bring in those real quick, powerful, reactive stuff. Maybe some triple jumps, two leg triple jumps, single leg triple hops, whatever like that. Just to break it down into kind of phases for ourselves. If we're looking after our own kind of fitness, I'd probably look at doing that, maybe doing a little warm up at home. Activation style stuff, getting out the mini bands, doing some very low level strength work and building those in before I go up to the pitch. I'd also recommend if you're doing that to do it in runners instead, because um, it'll just work a little bit better on some kind of solid ground, whereas on the pitch, if we're doing it in boots, it, it does take a little bit from it if you're going up and doing it before training yourself. Obviously, if you're with a full group, it's going to work better with boots on at the end of the warm because mm -hmm. you can't be changing over and back the whole time from one bit of footwear to the other.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I, I suppose for for, for that, um, what I suppose I, I I'm having it, uh, or I'm approaching it a little bit of a different way in that I'm getting guys to do certain um, uh, certain work at home, like though like the uh, bath straps, uh, stuff like that, um, once a week, uh, building up to twice a week, and uh, largely so that we're not just dependent on on uh, my having them on the field, uh, that they're getting in a little bit extra, right? That there may be uh, issues around quality uh, with that, or but again, that's something that I can reinforce um, on the field, uh, reinforce the, the different cues uh, that, I, that I'm looking for guys to focus in on. Uh, but yeah, I'd be completely the same as you, starting off with, you know, A, a marches, B marches, working up into A, a skips, B skips, um, keeping in the, the likes of broad jumps, there's something I like to keep um, pretty much almost a standard throughout uh, a season from, from pre-season through. So this would be no different in that, uh, as I do feel you get quite a lot from it, even like from explosiveness to just your landing mechanics, um, you know. And uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of how I, I would really be uh, focusing in on um, on that at the moment, but I do try to split the two and give guys something to be working uh, on from home uh, so that it, it, it's not just dependent for when I get them on the field um, uh, at the moment. But yeah, I'll be quite similar to you there in just in progression uh, with, with, with moving forward. But um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's brilliant. Um, then I, I suppose one, one of the other things that I, I, I am getting quite a, quite a few um, questions on, and I, we've touched on it uh, ourselves outside of this, but um, just mobility, and uh, I suppose the importance of it uh, really is um, it, it, it's I suppose with you know the the fitness for for lifestyle that that, that you mentioned a while ago, um, mobility wouldn't necessarily be something that is promoted too much through through that through your five or ten k's that. Um, you know that it is that there is a potential for uh, a decrease in mobility to have occurred uh, over over the last number of months. There's possibly a lot more sedentary living in in a lot of people who may have um, experienced you know training two or three times a week uh, on the field, being in the gym once or twice. There will be a lot more, um, I suppose, movement through through the joints and uh, and that which have been there over the last number of uh, over the last number of months so just mobility there have, have you any kind of practices that you've uh, you've been looking uh, into any bit or um, or do you find that it, it may be not as big a deal as as some people think um i kind of have a few different thoughts on mobility anyway and uh, i see most mobility has been very related to strength and particularly strength imbalances are through different ranges in that if, if I very tight hips, it's most likely coming from a, a big weakness in the glute and some way being a safety mechanism there. Same if I have a tightness in my chest and won't allow my arm to go back, it's often related to an overdeveloped front of my shoulder and a, a poorly developed back of my shoulder. So trying to develop strength exercises that bring us through those ranges will probably be my main way of attacking mobility as opposed to doing dedicated mobility work, mainly mm-hmm. because... For the time being, we're going to be so tight on time with players. Now, if players are interested in it and like it for recovery or even just a bit of time to themselves, they enjoy doing a bit of yoga or Pilates, then certainly I'll send them on a few you know, YouTube links or some exercises mm-hmm. they work on there and they can have an impact. 
but realistically my my dedicated mobility work on the field of when we go back or if it's giving them stuff to do themselves will be strength work with an element of working through ranges whether that be single leg Romanian deadlifts where we pause in the end point you know where we're out in a straight line so that your hamstring is is in the stretch position position but it's also developing that bit of strength there so when we go to get back to that level of of stretching the hamstring as well we feel comfortable and we feel strong there same as when we're doing split squats we're pausing in the bottom where that stretch is on our quad and on our hip flexor so again as the glute is pushing through and we become comfortable at, at holding that end range then we feel safer when we go to get into, into that position again and it goes the same for any kind of the general areas of the body that, that tend to tighten up um, if possible doing split squats as well you try and drive that front knee forward a bit so that we develop a bit of more a bit more range in our ankle as well because again that's something that can tighten up quite a bit in players what will you be looking at um similar very similar um and the only addition to that that i, I would do um would be possibly in in uh, a pre-training pre-field training um uh, just helping uh going running through a few kind of um uh, unweighted uh just movements um uh, so they're, they're kind of hard to describe i don't i wouldn't have the name for each movement off the top of my head uh but there there are more things that i, I i've seen different uh different uh courses and have implemented with guys uh and they found just whether it's they're actually um I suppose feeling more mobile, or whether it's a perception that they're they're more mobile. Just, uh, just there's some exercise with opening out the opening out the hips, uh, type of crab walks, stuff like that. Um, walking up and uh, uh, with your hips driven up in, in into the air, and you're on your hands and your toes, and you're just you know edging forwards. Um, you know, creating a strong pillar uh, core uh, as well. Um, you know, getting down into on, on all fours and just um, you know side side sideways movement, small edging forward, you know diff, different um, basically a couple of different um, mobility movements that are uh, movements that I, I put guys through in a kind of a little circuit, um, and it results with them either engaging their core a little bit ahead of training or or just loosening out a little bit ahead of getting into the standard kind of let's go for you know a, a jog here and start you know. Um, increasing mobility that way or increasing the perception of mobility that way so just kind of like um, some hip openers stuff like that uh, but in general it would kind of come back towards the um, the possibly the, the gym floor and the, the uh, put, putting yourself through some strength uh, mobility or, or some strength work to increase uh, increase that uh, range of mobility uh, so it'd be very similar to yourself there uh, yeah, my, my only addition would be that the type of warm up it's just a lot of dynamic movement that start to get players moving again. Sometimes the old warm-ups we used to do where we stand around, hold each stretch for 10 seconds, realistically, we're not going to get anything from that, from that in terms of developing our mobility, our flexibility in the long term, or even, I find, in the short term, it doesn't make much of a difference. Whereas putting, instead of looking at a true focusing on muscles, let's focus on joints and let's loosen out each joint in the body as opposed to stretching specific muscles. And if we can start taking that kind of mindset into whether it be the end of your warm-up or just attack mobility, it can tend to have a bigger impact. And I know I certainly feel quite a difference after. Sometimes when you do it first, players will complain if they're not used to that method. And it'll be 
Mm-hmm. These aren't stretches we normally do. Why are you doing them like this? And you're putting us through some strange mm-hmm. moves here. But realistically, while maybe a bit stressful at the start because they're not used to their hip open that direction, or they might hear a little pop in a few places in the lower back or whatever. Yeah. It does actually make quite a difference to their mobility, particularly as the session goes forward. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's great. And um, I suppose maybe now would be a good time to just jump into um, just some of the the. Um, the pitfalls that may uh, lie ahead for some teams um, over the next few weeks, uh, just from training methods, from maybe coaches being a little bit overzealous with uh, with their approach, trying to squeeze uh, uh, you know uh, too much into into training. What, what kind of things um, would you be looking at? Uh, I suppose if you were to look at um, in order of uh, importance at the moment from uh, from getting back on the field. Um, I suppose, uh, like I, I know uh, we've discussed in the past, just like game-based movements, um, uh, you know, small-sided games that will mimic, um, you know, g- game activities. Um, but it, it is quite common at the moment to see uh, some training plans that in- incorporate pretty significant, um, I suppose, high-intensity, almost long-distance running um, and just, I suppose, trying to narrow down really what, what are the important things that we're, we should be looking for at the moment? The most important ones to me are, are the, the sport-specific skills. And that's like if it's Gaelic football, it's the kick and the catching. If it's hurling, it's the strike and the first touch. If it's soccer, it's your passing, your shooting, your receiving of the ball. And then on top of those, your sport-specific movements, like your you're reacting to a player in front of you and do you follow pushing off your right pushing off your left jumping landing accelerating decelerating mm-hmm. and incorporating those together as much as possible in the short time frame we have you mentioned it there the games based method it's probably going to be our best one to incorporate as much of that as possible we will just need to be very careful that a lot of the small city games can be very tough on the body particularly mm-hmm. if we haven't been used to a lot of the turn and the reacting that movement at that kind of speed over the past few months that we need to be careful how we layer that in and how we introduce players mm-hmm. to it again. So like traditionally you could have had, you know, six, eight, ten minute games, you could play three or four of those in a session. Realistically, mm-hmm. if we go back the first thing and play even four lots of four minute games, players are gonna be wrecked the next day and really feel like through their knees and hips, just from again not being used to that twisting and turning again. Mm-hmm. So interspersing those games with just some specific dedicated skill work and then start to focus on because realistically, that's, what going, that's going to be where we get most of our high-intensity work from, that we can start building in a little bit more low-intensity work for, our, for our, I suppose, our conditioning to move away from high-intensity in games and high-intensity just in the running. Um, mm-hmm. What way are you looking to build that in? Yeah, it's, um, you know, shorter, kind of small-sided uh, games that, that involve... Uh, involve the balls if it's Gaelic football you know that uh, you know guys are kind of getting used to that that we're not just going through running drills um, you know and you're, you're forgetting that you know that guys can easily forget that they have to train in their skills or keeping their head up getting their hands out um, you know reacting to what's happening in front of them which if you're when you're when you're stuck to kind of uh, more specific running or, 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 or speed drills or something like that that you don't necessarily or that you're not going to develop your, your sports specific skills there. Uh, so just incorporating the two and, you know, like you said, just uh, ensuring that uh, people are able to uh, react to uh, react to what's happening in front of them, you know, like that turning their agility, 
uh, their ability to stop quickly and, and move you know, while receiving a ball, moving it on. You know, they're very sports, uh, almost game-like, like, uh, like I mentioned at the start. Uh, that mixed in with possibly building up uh, the intensity uh, of small-sided games and ensuring that you're not going back, like you mentioned, so you go back and the first night and you have, you know, four or five, six minutes, uh, you know, uh, a number of uh, different games that are high intensity like that. Yet, number one, you know, guys are going to be pretty beat up the next day. But the risk of injury across the board goes through the roof. Um, and it's, you know, the, this is where you're going to see the um, the, the effects of maybe of, of not doing, you know, months of, uh, or the, the normal kind of training that would have, gone on to this point you're going to see it in people's knees and their ankles uh they're going to find you know they're going to have pains that they didn't really have before and they do risk injuries that wouldn't uh, necessarily have 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 popped up um by themselves so possibly looking at you know um uh you know looking at uh, uh having having games at maybe a six uh, a five or six out of ten uh, level of in, of intensity and uh, uh, expressing that out to the guys too uh, what I'm looking for um, so I think it, it's it's incredibly important to to not just uh, go and set up a training session and run run the run everyone through it actually talking to people ahead of each drill and explaining what you're looking for from it uh, the level of output that you're looking for from it uh, on, on a level that they can understand like talking to guys uh, or uh, guys or girls there and just explaining like that I'm look this 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 drill we're looking for you know for quality we're, uh, the intensity of it we're looking at for you know maybe a five or six or a ten and then you know starting to build up towards you know your maybe your more intense uh, championship focus uh, small side of games in a number of weeks when you feel that the that you've been you know leveling up each week that then you can start to go like right guys this is actually an eight or nine out of ten here we're we're pushing it on uh, significantly so that's kind of how I'll be uh, how I'll be approaching um, that kind of uh, you know game based focused and uh, uh, aspect of training really. You mentioned there that. When we go back, if we go too hard into the high intensity work and the, the heavy games work, that we'd see a big increase in injuries. What are some of the injuries we're most likely to see in those? Or even as we return to um, games anyway? Well, I, I, one of the big ones um, that, that I think is a high risk at the moment uh, is that uh, our ankles uh, are going to be under a lot of pressure from turning. Um, we, we haven't, you, normally when we get to this point of the year, we've, they have been conditioned uh, or we're used to strapping them for some people who may have, you know, previous history with them. But uh, we're now going back onto fields where, you know, realistically, they're not perfect. Uh, there's going to be little divots. So, uh, you know, the, there, there's a little bit of, uh, or there's going to be a significant uh, lack of conditioning there in just our ability to, to um, you know, accept a little bit of a wobble in those. So I do think ankles are a huge thing that uh, that that uh, are a risk worry if we go too hard too soon because you're you're not going to be as sure of your your foot planting as you you may have been uh, normally. Your and um, your ability to react to little divots, as I said, and little changes in in direction are, are going to be uh, you know they're going to come under pressure. Uh, that and um, Natural enough, then I suppose when you're looking at, at at your knees, you're looking at the risk of ACL injuries just due to just 
being under-conditioned possibly, um, as well as just, again, that lack of stability uh, that you may have if you just go too hard too soon. Um, now, so they would be my big, my big worries uh, because they, they, with the way the season is at the moment, with a lot of county or a lot of teams just going straight back into championship, um, you're you're not going to hold back. So you're, that they they really, for me anyway, stand out as as real uh, worries. Uh, so a reason for uh, they they'd be they'd be good reason or good idea to just build up. In the intensity, so you're you're gradually getting more and more used to you know putting out a higher intensity um, and putting more of a load through through these joints. Uh, for me, how about how about you? Uh, do you see a different angle there with that or different? No, it'd probably be the very same. The, the other two areas we're looking at are probably grinds and hamstrings, um, and that'll bring us on to how we how we I suppose give us that that protective effect against reducing. You can never eliminate or. Completely get rid of the risk of injury. You just try and reduce it as much as possible. So one of the best ways to do that is to condition players for the level of load being put through ankles, um, protecting around that ACL, and as well to condition hamstrings and groins as much as possible for what we're about to do. So it kind of brings mm-hmm. on to what will a, a typical training session start to look like, and how do we incorporate the various aspects of strength, speed, um, and conditioning and sport specific work throughout that training session. Yeah, it's um, it's it's going to be interesting because uh, uh, you may have touched on a while ago. Like, just we, we are going to have a different um, uh, return to, to training, return to play, uh, physical uh, level amongst uh, amongst our teams. You're going to have you're going to have the people who are well off, and you're going to have the people who've kind of tipped away, and they're they're not in too bad a condition. Uh, but they could do with a, a, a little bit of a, an improvement. So um, I suppose it's uh, you're not going to get a whole pile out of uh, or a whole pile of interest out of say some home workouts. Uh, I think people have kind of um, possibly uh, you know have come to hit a wall with, with those where they're just sick of those. But just trying to condition um, condition a bit of strength uh, through. Like you said, like your hamstrings with your maybe your your RDLs, um, your uh, your single leg RDLs, that kind of stuff. Um, even through through uh, through your, your groins and your quads, just to ensure there's good strength there. Working on the likes of pistol squats, uh, just that single leg isometric um, uh, isometric work, uh, just to ensure that you know that once that you don't have imbalances uh, or t- to large and imbalanced i suppose there are going to be imbalances but that you don't have too large an imbalance um between uh different legs and uh i suppose that that's the problem with if if if, if, if people go back into say squatting or, or or possibly uh deadlifting just uh you know double leg work that, that they may have built up a serious strength on one side um and you're, you're i'm just trying to I, I would be trying to focus in on I suppose off the field kind of um, isometric work uh, there as much as possible. Yeah, so we were were saying before we started chatting that less is more in a lot of this. So when we go back, realistically, Mm. you're going to want to warm up to incorporate as much ball work as possible, whether it be football, soccer, Mm. hurling, whatever, and slowly intersperse your your more traditional warm up movements there, whether it be the dynamic stretches we spoke about to very low level strength, like split squats, single leg RDLs, glute bridges, plank, whatever 
you want it that way. They're going to give you the effect of both warming up various muscles and joints of the body, plus very low level strength work. If people haven't been doing any strength work for the last three, four months, then they're going to get a bit of an effect from that. You would hope then you'd start building in the, the various plyos and speed drills we spoke about there, like you're, you're dropping off a box. If you've access to a box, your your broad jumps and hold and slowly start building in more of the, the reactive stuff, like we are bouncing mm. your A skips, everything that way. Then more sports specific work. You could probably look at about a half an hour of sports specific stuff there, whether it be the more traditional drills, you're breaking into your small sided games and building up that intensity over time. Then your last 20 minutes, you probably have hopefully a choice of if you're going three times a week. I'd probably suggest spending two of those developing kind of on your aerobic side of the conditioning and then maybe once a week doing a little strength circuit. That strength mm-hmm. circuit can incorporate, like I was saying there for the, the grinds and hamstrings, possibly incorporate some Nordics and build up those over a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe start with, like realistically, because players will be sore after those. You probably start with one set of four the first night, then go mm-hmm. two sets of three, two sets of four, two sets of five, and you're probably in the game stage then. If you're incorporating Nordics, I'd be looking to keep those, particularly when you get back into playing games, keep those to the training session that's furthest away from your next match. Um, and maybe mm. some Copenhagen Copenhagen planks as well. Do those on the exact mm-hmm. same night. Again, that'll be five reps of five-second holes in pairs. Mm-hmm. And just make sure you're, you're explaining to the players well how to do those. For conditioning work then, Trying to do too much high intensity stuff might, again, if you're building in a lot of turning and hard running after playing a lot of small city games, it might be a bit tough on the players. Mm-hmm. So incorporating some kind of tempo style runs there. If you're going very, very hard, I'd probably be trying to keep a straight line. If you're going a little bit easier, then you could start incorporating more um, more turns and stuff just to get players used to the, to the level of turning. Yeah, I, th- I think that, that's a great point, actually, with um, especially if you are building up so your small side of games or your 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 game uh um your your game like um you know uh, activities that there's going to be a good bit of turning and change of direction acceleration deceleration in, in those so like to make sure that you're actually um that that you're not doubling it over and basically just tiring and putting yourself increasing risk uh, late in the session uh, by putting in you know uh, some high intensity running uh, running drills with um, with a lot of turning in them. If if you've already played those games, you've kind of probably ticked the box with with with, with your turning, with your 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 slowing down, your your acceleration, your deceleration, change of direction. You you you've enough done, uh, and yeah, possibly looking at the likes of your. Your, your tempo runs there uh, could, could be ideal uh, and, and vice versa with that too. If you do find that you're doing a lot of say uh, more skill stuff where there's um, you know, you might have long kicking or, and you're, you're following it. So you're doing kind of more, you know, straighter line stuff that, uh, that, that doesn't involve much uh, reaction um, and agility work. Um, then, you know, having the finish of that session, uh, uh, you know, to incorporate a bit more turning, a bit more um, acceleration, deceleration, there would be great. But I suppose with that, not to be going, say, one night you're doing one one type, but the next night you're doing the next type, but maybe give yourself, you know, if, if we're looking at possibly six uh, six weeks or so roughly ahead uh, to towards a championship, give yourself two weeks 
of uh, of um, you know of, of one type and then move in towards the next type, not to be splitting it up. Uh, so give yourself a chance to uh, to create a stimulus and then adapt to that. So you're you're improving before moving on to the to the to the next uh, level. So yeah, like like, like that. Um, but it, it it is very doable then to like you said to incorporate into into each session along with you know the the um the, the plyometrics like the broad jumps that we mentioned the single leg jumps uh, that, that we mentioned to in, include that little bit of strength work as well in, in the form of you know like your nordics your copenhagen's um you know even working you know single leg uh rdls or like uh, single leg squats into into the session there's something you could almost like as you said build up uh, week on week, uh, no matter what uh, you're doing, whether it's the more conditioning focus or uh, uh, or whether it's the more speed and agility focus there with, with that, you could, you could still keep them as a constant throughout, but just making sure that there's a, a plan in place that it's, it's not just, you know, tonight we're going to do this and then we turn up the next night, right, we did that the last night, let's go for, you know, completely different tonight, you know, and just being being smart with that. Uh, the other point I'd make on hamstrings is that if we're playing a lot of small-sided games and they are relatively small, then our hamstrings won't really be loaded in those to the level of like what you might have to do in a game if you're playing wing back or wing forward and you have to chase a player down for 60 metres. If it's all small-sided games, your hamstrings will struggle to deal with that when it comes to a game. So it's worth either including, again, at the end of the warm-up in your plyos to do some as near as possible. And you try and build them up to all-out sprints within the first couple of weeks, um, whether they be flying 20s or flying 15s or just mm-hmm. doing some 40 to 60 meter sprints. If doing tempos at the end, they will have a level of loading on the hamstrings or it's possibly in a mm-hmm. fatigue state. So it's worth you know that, that top end speed work doing at yeah. least once a week, just make sure hamstrings are, are ready for stuff like that. And I think that might actually yeah. bring us on to what we should discuss next and we'll probably might bring this into the next chat in the next episode is what exactly are tempos and how would we go about using them it's probably too detailed to go into now but i think it's definitely something we should chat on the next day yeah that'd be brilliant that that's fantastic actually just on that one as well as just uh, when you mentioned the likes of the flying 20s and stuff like that for the end of a warm the, they can be they're huge because the, the, you're, you're still able to you're, you're able to build in to to the movement and you're able to execute uh, a higher intensity uh, load through, as I said, in, in, in through your hamstrings there, and that's they're, they're fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it's just about knowing when to build these things in, and and where you're going to get the most bang for your buck, really, with uh, with them. But yeah, no, that that's that's brilliant. Uh, that's great. Um, so, all right, that's brilliant. Yeah, no, other, other than that, that's uh, that's pretty much it. For, for a very broad intro.